Welcome to Health Media Now with award-winning author and host, Denise Messenger, for a lifetime of health empowerment. Live by being in the pink, meaning P stands for being persistent, I stands for using your intuition, N stands for networking, and K stands for obtaining knowledge. Preserve and protect your health by listening live every Wednesday at 4 p.m. Pacific Standard Time and 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Our guests entertain and share cutting-edge information. They share with you what may have taken years to achieve through experience in their field. Become inspired and motivated. Reach your full potential with fascinating tips and products. Receive a lifetime of benefits from authors, doctors, practitioners, healthcare providers, and learn about exciting new products. You asked for it, and we deliver. Now, here's your host, Denise Messenger. Hello, listeners. Thank you so much for joining us today. It's June 10th, 2015. Oh, my goodness, halfway through the year. We've got a great guest today. We're going to be talking about lupus and the real life with the real patients, um, my guest has written a book, and it's called Lupus, Real Life Patients Talk. She also runs a nonprofit organization, and um, her name is Marissa Zeppieri Caruana, and she also is a freelance writer and a speaker. She resides in New York and Florida, and I just want to bring her on to our show now. Hello there, Marissa. Hi, Denise. Thank you so much for having me. I like to start my show out by asking my guest, how did you get on the path that you're on today? Because um, as we were talking um, earlier before the show started, lupus is something that a lot of people are not even familiar with. So how did you get involved in it? Sure. So I like to just tell people that... uh, 14 years ago, I was actually diagnosed with lupus myself, so it started out as a personal journey, and I would say probably the last um, seven years, I've taken it more into a public journey. It's just in those first few years, I still had uh, so much to learn about lupus and what it is and just really learn about myself, and then I was able to take all that information and start to help other people that were being diagnosed with the disease. I imagine in this journey, you've learned a lot about how to self-manage. Absolutely. Uh, Anytime I believe someone has a chronic illness, you really need to learn not only how to self-manage it, uh, also just to advocate for yourself and learn as much as you can, you know, regarding therapies, um, alternative therapies, just really education is key so that you and your family member, your caregivers can just give you uh, the best care possible. So let's talk a little bit about what is lupus. How does it come about? What does it do? All right, I'll give you the the lowdown on lupus. So lupus is actually a chronic inflammatory uh, autoimmune disease, and the easiest way I can explain it is that the immune system goes awry and begins attacking the patient's own organs. Uh, it tends to attack the skin, blood, brain, heart, lungs, and the kidneys. And every patient is different. Uh, I've never seen uh, two cases that are exactly alike. 
but that's, you know, probably the easiest way to explain it. And our immune system is on overdrive, so it doesn't see our own tissues and organs as uh, as our own. It sees it as foreign, so it just attacks it. It can be really devastating and kind of scary, I would think. It is very scary. And I think, you know, also for lupus patients, there's just so many different levels of lupus. You know, I know people that have very mild cases and they don't need medication. And then there's, you know, lupus cases that if not aggressively managed can be life-threatening or fatal. Oh, gee. You know, um, you wrote just an excellent book, um, you know, Lupus Real Life Patients Talk. And you, your sister also was diagnosed with lupus. Actually, um, sorry, it's right in the beginning of the book, so I think it's a little confusing, but that's actually my friend Amy. Uh, She is the CEO for the Lupus Foundation of America's uh, Florida chapter, and that was her sister, and that was how uh, she actually became involved. But, I mean, it's, you know, she tells an amazing story in that book because her sister was very young. I think she Uh was early 30s, and, you know, she looked great on the outside, which is something that many lupus patients often hear, and people don't realize that there's just so much damage that's happening on the inside. So she actually did pass away at a very young age. Oh, that's really sad, really sad. So what do you personally do to manage your lupus? I'm sure our listeners would be interested. So it's been uh, a lot of up and downs over the years, but I've learned... One, uh, obviously there's a pharmaceutical aspect, you know, for lupus patients that are in flares. Okay. It it sometimes does take, you know, aggressive treatment. Um, There was at one point that I needed chemotherapy, which most people don't realize lupus patients um, do take at times. Uh, It actually shuts off the immune system. Oh, I didn't know that. Oh, for him. Yeah, it's... um, Definitely not, you know, something that's well-known, I don't feel, but it helps to shut off the immune system. Since our immune system is on overdrive, it it just basically Mm -hmm. stops it. Um, But other than that, I think, you know, stress management is huge. Um, I'm one of the the type of lupus patients that cannot go in the sun, so I have to stay out um, from the sun. And I do a lot with diet and supplementation. I work with a lot of different nutritionists and functional medicine doctors, and I've been able to really help myself in terms of the symptoms with uh, alternative therapies like that. And I would definitely say that doing that route as far as nutrition and functional medicine, I was able to really get myself out of a wheelchair and get myself from 10 prescription medications down to two. It was a process, but it's just something that, you know, I advocate for now because I've, I've seen just how much it's helped me. Wow. That's quite a story. Out of a wheelchair. Yeah, you know, I was having in a wheelchair. Oh my gosh, you're like a like a miracle. Aww. I um, I have a family member that has lupus, and um, he manages it pretty much through nutrition and exercise. Um, mm-hmm. He's eaten organic organically for for a very, very long time and um, seems to do the trick. I think he has episodes, you know, periodically. Um, 
but it really hasn't slowed him down a whole lot. So he That's definitely really has good. taken the holistic. He's definitely taken the holistic approach. That's awesome. I mean, I've, I've met. Oh God. <laughs> I was just saying, I've met so many men and women over the years that have, you know, tried alternative therapies and taken the holistic approach and changed their diets, and a lot of them have done so well. I just remember looking at research studies a few years ago, and I think it said like 90% of lupus patients have severe allergies, and many of them were to foods. So, you know, it makes sense. Your immune system's already hyperactive, and then you're putting in a lot of foods that is causing more of an allergic response, basically. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it just makes sense by really, you know, working out a, a diet plan and working with nutritionists and maybe an allergist to find out exactly what, you know, you are allergic to. Can just That alone can be just a huge improvement in your symptoms. You have numerous stories of individuals, chapter by chapter in your book, and um, how did you run across these people for the book? Many of those people I've met through the years at different uh, lupus organizations and events, and uh, just from people that I've met that, you know, maybe they had a son or a daughter with lupus. Um, also through being a journalist, just uh, people that I've written stories on. And I really, uh, you know, I sat down one day and really thought about all the people that I've met through the years or have interviewed and just, they were just inspirational. They were all just incredible people that were doing amazing things with their life despite having this disease. So I thought, you know, these are the people I really want to highlight so that if someone is newly diagnosed and picks up this book, they can see that, you know, lupus isn't a death sentence. There is no cure, so a lot of people get, you know, very depressed when they get diagnosed with it. But I wanted them to see that there's people out there that are still doing amazing things despite having lupus. Mm. Have you, um, with all the stories, is there is there any one thing that you saw that runs through every single story in terms of people and their spirits or their attitudes? Well, there's a couple of things that I saw as I sat down and and kind of edited everyone's stories. First was pretty much every lupus patient that I've known, and especially you know, the people in this book, they're very type A. They're very motivated people. Uh, they like to get a lot done, and they definitely have a, a don't-give-up attitude, which I love, which is another reason why I wanted to highlight them. And I was also surprised um, of just the faith that was involved. And they all came from different uh, faith backgrounds, but I think having, you know, a chronic illness that you have to live with and, you know, deal with on a daily basis and really bring you closer uh, to your faith, which it seems like everyone in that book, it did. Um, I thought it was also really interesting, especially for the women in that book, is just because lupus isn't, you know, as well known as other diseases and a lot of people are confused when you when you discuss it with them, um, a lot of the women mentioned just feeling ashamed when they were diagnosed, so they really hid their diagnosis and and didn't want anyone to know about it, which was very sad. And that was, um, that's one of the things that we really uh, work with in our nonprofit is to just help women and their self-esteem dealing with uh, what we call an invisible illness because you can't really see it just by looking at it. Mm -hmm. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
Does it start out with any particular symptom or or is it like you mentioned earlier, everybody is different? Um, everyone, you know, like I said, yeah, everyone is different. However, there are some, like, classic lupus symptoms, and the way that it is diagnosed is there is a uh, certain criteria of, like, 10 or 11 symptoms, and so doctors will use that along with blood work. And some of those more common symptoms are things like joint pain, muscle pain, fevers, rashes, uh, the photosensitivity with the sun or fluorescent lights, um, blood issues, uh, either like an anemia or um, blood clotting issues. And I'm trying to think, think like rashes, skin rashes uh, can be very common, especially on the face. So those are probably some more of the, um, the most common. And then, you know, there are patients that have much deeper involvement um, and those can be things like blood clots and, and small strokes and, and major kidney issues. Oh, jeez. Have they found out if there's a genetic component to it? That, I would say, is probably one of the biggest areas of research right now in lupus. Uh, they do believe there is a genetic component, and they do see uh, in certain certain ethnic groups lupus is... Uh, seems to be diagnosed more often, especially in uh, African-American, Latina, Native American, and Asian uh, patients. Um, so I think that's just an area where we're going to see a lot of research over the next decade, and scientists believe so that there's a genetic component and that there usually is um, some type of uh, environmental trigger or uh, lupus usually needs some type of trigger, so that could be a pregnancy or an illness or a trauma to the body or, again, like some type of environmental factor, which you, which usually brings the immune system down to a uh, low enough point that it gets triggered and the symptoms start to come out. Mm. We could probably say that's, that's so with a lot of diseases. Once that Absolutely. Once your immune system becomes compromised, all kinds of hell breaks out. <laughs> right. <laughs> you know. uh, would, you, would you say that um, stress is um, one of the components that perhaps could Absolutely. trigger it? Absolutely. Yeah, they say stress see? is the number one uh, reason to, uh, uh, of bringing on a flare-up. Oh, interesting. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Huh. And it doesn't have to be, you know, just bad stress. People think stress, they think, you know, something negative. But it could be even, you know, something positive, like, say, getting married. It still brings a lot of stress onto the body, so it can put you mm-hmm. in that compromised state. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Is it the type of disease that is difficult to travel with? Um in other words, what I'm asking is, is, since the immune system is compromised, are you more susceptible to catching the flu or colds or intestinal things? Absolutely. Um, so not only does it obviously just compromise your immune system, but most of the medications that lupus patients are on are steroids. Um, oh. immunosuppressives and chemotherapy. So then, you know, you're dealing with trying to reduce the activity of your immune system and then you bring it down to a level where you really have nothing to help you as far as um, combating, you know, a, a bacteria or a virus. So you have to be really careful uh, when you're taking those types of medications, who you're around. 
Oh my gosh. It's pretty complicated. It is. It, really, it definitely it, is a complicated is. disease. <laughs> it takes a lot of dedication. Um, and I would think that having a positive attitude would be helpful because then you're you're more um, open to um, doing the right things for yourself versus being negative or depressed and having, um, you know, the effects of that on your disease. Absolutely. And I think that's one of the things that really makes having a strong support group uh, important, you know, and if you can't get that from your family and friends, that's where I think it's very important to try to find it uh, in a community of other people that have lupus. You know, they know exactly what mm-hmm. you're going through. And, mm-hmm. you know, one of the areas that lupus can viciously attack is the brain. So that can lead to, you know, inflammation and different things going on with the brain and chemicals. So it's really, um, you know, it's common for lupus patients that have uh, activity in the brain to be, you know, more so depressed than someone else. Um, so that can lead to its own, you know, set of issues also. So tell tell the listeners what you do with your nonprofit organization. Sure. So I started uh, Lupus Chick seven years ago. It was uh, originally called Lupus Survival Guide. Uh, in that time frame, I was really learning how to survive with the disease, and now mm-hmm. I've kind of learned that uh, many women are thriving with it. And because 90% of lupus patients are women, um, we oh, really, really focus on, yes, there's, um, it's not that common in men. Uh, that's, again, that's where we're trying to find the genetic component. They also think it has oh. to do with uh, hormones. So oh. Because there's such a large group of women that are affected by the disease, and many of the women are diagnosed in the childbearing years, so you're looking at ages of 15 to 45, that's kind of the demographic that we reach. And we've just mm-hmm. built a really strong community of uh, lupus thrivers, we call them. And we reach out. We do a lot of uh, education and awareness, a lot of community events. Uh, We also have a college scholarship program. We're giving out our first college scholarship this September to a lupus patient that's in school. Yep, and uh, we have an emergency assistance fund for helping patients that need um, treatments or need to see a doctor and maybe don't have health insurance. So we all we do all different types of campaigns. We do a monthly contest of the Ultimate Lupus Check, and we try to focus on a woman that you know is very inspirational, inspirational and motivational, and likes to keep a positive spin and, and help other women that are uh, dealing with lupus. That's great. Why don't you um, tell our listeners perhaps about just one story in your book that you found would be very enlightening for anyone listening that currently has lupus. Hmm, there's so many amazing stories in there. I think uh one of the one of the young women that I met years ago, her name is Naomi. She her story always uh, makes me smile. She's just a very sweet, soft-spoken uh young woman and she was actually in medical school when she was diagnosed with lupus. And obviously, medical school, the stress that she put on her body, and she didn't rest very often. 
Um, and just for a long time, she could not find out what was wrong with her, which is not uncommon. The actual, uh, they say the average for a diagnosis is anywhere from two to three years. So imagine, you know, just dealing with the stress of medical school and then on top of it for several years dealing with, you know, waiting to get a diagnosis. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. So she went through a very difficult time in the story. Uh, she she has a very, I'd say, aggressive uh, case of lupus. She's on a lot of medicine, and still somehow she graduated medical school. She is one of the most positive uh, people I've ever spoken to. And, you know, she just had so many things against her. I think it, you know, for most people, they they would have understood if she had just kind of given up and taken a step back. Um, but today she has an incredible job in uh, research, and she's getting married, and they're having a baby, which is just amazing because obviously lupus and, and getting pregnant brings on a whole other set of issues. So she's just doing really well. Obviously she had a very uh, hard beginning, which is common, and you'll see that in many of those stories, but her story has really uh, blossomed you know, over the years. It's uh, just a wonderful life. Oh, that's really that's really great. Is there um anything else that you would like our listeners to know about lupus and the management of it that you have found to be more helpful than not? Well, again, I think, you know, with lupus it's just educating yourself on all the different uh, systems. It can affect, especially if you have systemic lupus, there's different types of lupus. If you have systemic lupus, which is the most common, it can affect any system, uh, any organ system in the body. So I think, you know, again, reaching out to uh, different practitioners, if you have access to uh, different nutritionists uh, in your area, you know, even online, there's so much information online about people that are helping control, you know, their symptoms through uh, foods and supplementation, uh, even, you know, even juicing. And I'm not saying juicing in a way of going on a all-juice diet, but juicing in the sense of helping your body just get extra nutrients and giving it um, the nutrients and the vitamins that it needs to just you know, have the energy, just dealing with lupus, it's, you're exhausted, and the medicine that you take can make you even more so exhausted. So I think just research, educating yourself, um, knowing the signs and symptoms. Uh, studies show that women that are most uh, highly to be, uh, likely to be diagnosed, excuse me, know the least about the disease. So women between the ages of 18 and 34 that they surveyed over 70% of them had never heard of lupus or knew very little about it. So I think that's where, you know, education awareness comes in and why it's so important for people to understand these are the symptoms. Yes, they mimic many other diseases, why, which is why it takes so long for a diagnosis sometimes. But being aware of those signs and symptoms, you know, you can maybe help your doctor uh, look, you know, and test you for those. Um, their lupus has several different tests if you're being tested for it. So it's just good to know. Is it possible for it to go into remission? It does. I know many people that have gone into a remission and some have stayed there for years. You know, some stay for a few months and then maybe they'll have another flare-up. 
you know, that's the goal of many of the medications is to help you go into a remission. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. especially those with more mild cases, I've seen people in remission for years and they're not on any medication, which is, you know, amazing. That is. Huh. Do you think no, it would, it's possible? Um, because they, yeah, well, I, I think that anything is, you know. Um, I suppose... It would be particularly interesting to know if those that have gone into remission were um, initially diagnosed with mild cases or severe cases. We probably will yeah, never know be. that. Yeah, I mean, definitely, <laughs> you know, the people I know that have some of the most severe cases, I don't really, you know, thinking back, I don't really ever know them to have been in a remission period or be off of their medications, but I'm sure it's possible. You know, something that really gave me hope years ago and actually kind of started me on the whole bandwagon of uh, reaching out to uh, different nutritionists and, and changing my diet was watching that documentary, uh, Fast, Sick, and Nearly Dead. So one of the gentlemen that he profiles in that documentary has a severe case of eutocaria and the way that, which is, you know, also in the autoimmune family, so the way that they controlled his case was literally with all of the same medications a lupus patient takes, so trying to shut off the immune system from having this reaction. And so when you watch his journey on this documentary and, you know, he's he's seen by his physicians throughout the entire documentary and by the end, he is off all of his medication. He looks like a completely different person. And it's just his doctors are completely amazed. So I think being able to actually see this transition of, you know, real-life story and someone who takes many of the same medications that we take, it's uh, it's just amazing. You can see what just the power of changing your, your diet and your lifestyle uh, and exercising can do. And I'm not saying that that's, you know, the cure, but it no. it changed his life. Mhm. Mhm. Well, a lot of times um a devastating disease will do that. Um you know, you make the personal decision to to fight with everything you have and possibly turn it around. Or exactly. you know, usually usually 10% of the population that just give, gives up. Right. And I think, you know, from the majority of the people I've met, like you said, they get to that that lowest point and they say, okay, you know, now I'm ready. I'm not going to give up and I'm going to try anything and everything that I can. And if it doesn't work, I'll, I'll try something else, you know, and they're just determined to uh, to try to get better. Well, you did it, right? <laughs> and <laughs> You did it. You, you know, wrote still, a book. I did. And I think you're working on your second book, right? I am, yes. And then you've got to have your foundation and who knows what what else are you into? <laughs> <laughs> I do a lot of different things. Um you know, I work full time as a journalist, which I love and I love having Lupus Chick and just the lives that we are able to uh to come alongside and, and help. And then mm-hmm. I'm also uh I'm also the reigning Mrs. New York, USA 2015, and uh, that's for the Mrs. USA Universal Pageant, which is the prelim to Mrs. Universe. Uh, And, of course, my platform is Lupus, so that's been an incredible opportunity to uh, speak to women at just so many different uh, types of events that are dealing with 
invisible and chronic illnesses and just showing them, like, this is where I was at one point and this is where I am, you know, years later. So if you're in those beginning stages, I want you to know that, you know, change is possible and this won't be your life forever. Oh, that's that's a really great message. It really is. And you're you're a very inspirational woman. I have to tell you that. Thank you. Listeners, if you've just joined in, we're talking about lupus and we're speaking with Marissa Zepieri Caruana. Did I get that right? Yes. <laughs> and um <laughs> we were just joking about about if I was going to get her name right or not. Anyhow, um, (laughs) um, she is the author of the book, Lupus, Real Life Patients Talk. Where can um, our listeners purchase your book? So the book can be purchased either directly on lupuschick.com or through Amazon, and they can get either the hardcover or an e-book. Okay, great. And, And your website, again, for our listeners? lupuschick.com. Wonderful, wonderful. Well, I just want to take this opportunity to thank you so much for joining us today. I know you must have an unbelievable schedule, and I know you're back in New York, so it's getting late. (laughs) Well, thank you. It was wonderful to be on, and I appreciate it. Really, everybody, please purchase her book and go to her website, and if you know anyone who has just recently been diagnosed with lupus, this is the place for them to go, and this is the woman who they need to speak with. So thanks again. And, um, Thank you. Continue on with your, with your uh, good fortune and um, your inspiration for all lupus patients worldwide. I appreciate it. Thanks again. Okay. Bye-bye. Bye. All right, listeners, um, that's it for our show today. Please join us again next Wednesday. We'll have another great show for you. Until then, be well. Bye-bye. We celebrate our listeners worldwide and invite you to contact Denise at www.healthmedianow.com with any questions you may have. And follow her on Twitter at Health Media Now and Facebook at Health Media Now. For those interested in an advertising campaign on her show, contact Lisa at KnowledgeWorksPub.com. Be sure to visit GotCancerNowWhat.com for information on Denise Messenger's award-winning book, Got Cancer? Now What? 